wonderful time to be with you on radio. How do you do? This is your all-time favorite Nasco Moments radio show. The one that offers you a chance for the quality life. Welcome on board. Now, do you know where your children are at this moment? In May 2016, President Muhammad Buhari launched the Social Investment Program, SIP, with the aim of effectively touching the lives of Nigerians, especially the unemployed and the poorest. It has four components, NPOWER, Conditional Cash Transfer, the Government Enterprise Empowerment Program, and the Homegrown School Feeding Program. The Homegrown School Feeding Program is an innovative approach to improve school children's development, education, health and nutrition by offering them free meals in school. 23 million children in Africa attend classes hungry, and poor nutrition due to poverty causes nearly half of deaths in children under five. In Nigeria, 42% of school children are malnourished. Another disturbing statistic is that there is a 49% rate of absenteeism in schools of children of primary school age in the country. This is a threat to the country among other reasons. Hence, the intervention called homegrown school feeding. Children in primaries 1 to 3 in public primary schools are currently benefiting from the program in 14 states of the federation, including Plateau. To eliminate public health issues usually associated with food cooked on a large scale, NASCO has, in support of this noble intervention, proposed a safer, qualitative alternative. The NASCO offer includes all the nutrients that children require in one handy little package. Stay tuned to find out how NASCO is today a part of this revolution in learning in Nigeria. The conditional cash transfer component of the SIP, on the other hand, is a welfare program that aims to reach the poorest of the poor. It gives 5,000 naira to poor people in the country every month. Nigeria ranks third in the world with the largest number of poor people after India and China. 7% of the world's poor people live in Nigeria. So it will be interesting to see the impact this program is having, if at all, and will continue to have on the nation's poor. We thought it necessary to shed some light on these two very important topics as it affects you, our esteemed listener. Here to discuss the issues is no other than the focal person and executive assistant to the Governor of Plateau State on Social Investment Program, Dr. Sumaya Hamza. She is also a Ford International Fellow. I am Hudung Yang. We'll get to the heart of the discussion in just a moment. Nasco Cube Sugar is pleasantly sweet and can be used in tea, coffee, pap, and a variety of cereals and beverages. Nasco Cube Sugar can be taken at any time of the day. And what's more, each cube delivers a sweet taste and experience. Really? Nasco Cube Sugar is fortified with vitamin A and dissolves fast. Nasco Cube. Mmm. Nasco Cube Sugar. Sugar. For that sweet taste. Nasco Cube. Nasco Cube Sugar, another quality product from Nasco. Dr. Smaya Hamza, it's a pleasure to have you on the Nasco Moment Show. Uh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be here. Now, tell us when the homegrown school feeding program commenced in Plateau State and how it is being implemented. Uh, yes, uh, before I respond to your question, like you have said, the social investment program has four components and it stands to benefit the poor and vulnerable in the society. 
and Plateau State fortunately has keyed into this laudable initiative by Mr. President. And our own governor provided the enabling environment and the support needed to provide the prerequisite for Plateau State to be on board. So we are happy that we are on board and we've started implementing the school feeding, which commenced last term on the 23rd of uh, July before vacation. And then when this term resumed, the school feeding continued, even though we did not start at the commencement of the school session. But it is ongoing right now. It is ongoing right now. So how is the implementation done? Uh, the implementation of the school feeding, you know, it has a methodology of uh, selecting the cooks. All public primary schools in Plateau State are benefiting classes 1, 2, and 3. And we have a total of over 290,000 pupils that are expected to benefit at the end of the program. And we have 4,471 vendors who are supposed to provide the food. The process of selecting the vendor is the commencement. First, the selection was done at the, at the local level through the education department of the local government. And the, the women selected went through a health check to make sure they do not have any contagious diseases that could be communicated to the young children. And then the, the vendor must have the capacity in terms of uh, strength, not too old, so that she does not go into un, unnecessary hardship. And not too young, so that she does not jeopardize her own education. So middle-aged that can be able to provide the services. And beyond that, the woman must live within the community where the school is located. That's the process of vendor selection. Then finally, they open a bank account with a valid BVN. And that's where we have most of the challenges because some of them are not familiar with this uh, new technology requirement. And we have the statistics of all the schools and all the uh, children in the uh, schools. So because we need to measure whether it has impacted on enrollment, continuation, and completion. Okay, what is the desired impact of this program? Uh, the desired impact of the homeschool feeding is uh, multifaceted. First, it impacts on the children in terms of providing uh, nourishment through the one meal per day per child. And uh, beyond that, that will stimulate their desire to want to be in school. And so it will increase enrollment. And they will also want to remain in school because of the feeding. So it will also enhance retention and uh, completion after enrollment. Then the, the vendors, economically, they will be empowered because the cash is given to the vendors as cash, not as food materials. And she goes to the market, buys from the farmers, the local traders. Again, economy is circulating within the local community. And this cash in circulation helps the farmer to boost the farming activity. And also buying and selling is improved. So you could see that it impacts on the community it impacts on the service provider, also impacts on the children themselves. Okay, now only primaries 1 to 3 are being fed. Why yes. primaries 1 to 3? Yes, the federal government has appropriated for primaries 1, 2, and 3 with the expectation that the states who can should be able to accommodate primaries 4, 5, and 6. But federal government had planned for it and it has appropriated it. But most of the state government have challenges of, you know, uh, uh, resources and funding so but with time state government are expected to take responsibility of the remaining classes okay so there is a plan 
definitely by the state governments then to look certainly, into this certainly certainly yes and yes and the governor has indicated his desire to do that okay because i just can't imagine we have ch- yes, children in four, five, and some watching the others being fed <laughs> um now um how many schools so far you've mentioned those who are expected uh, to key in but how many yes. so far in the state are benefiting and what efforts are being made to see that all schools benefit yes so far we have uh about 1000 schools that are benefiting out of the 2420 schools that we have in Plateau State and 1200 and uh, 121 vendors have their accounts credited while we have 2006 uh, 2006 vendors that have been validated that have validated their uh, BVN you know the process is some of these rural women do not understand the implication and the importance of bvn so they borrowed the bvn and when the bvn is now put on the database for for validation that's the national interbank settlement system nips which is a data bank of uh, bvn the name that comes up is not the name of the vendor on the list so the account cannot be credited because the service is supposed to be end to end from source of uh, funds to the recipient of the fund who provides the service so there's no transmission by proxy and so we have a lot of the vendors who had problems with their bvn and that is the process where we are now trying to validate and ensure that the correct bvn is attached to the vendor who is supposed to provide the service okay now we will come back to continue this discussion in just a moment we're just taking a break please join us after this away with Nasco biscuits today. Nasco cream biscuits, Nasco shortcake biscuits, Nasco cream crackers. Nasco biscuits, cream of biscuits. This is the Nasco Moments radio show. Welcome back. Today we are looking at the social investment program as an intervention against poverty with Dr. Sumaya Hamza, the focal person and executive assistant to the governor of Plateau State on social investment program SIP. Uh now just before we went on break um Uh, you said that uh, we have over 2000 schools but about 1200 or so are benefiting yeah uh, 1000 are benefiting 1000 are benefiting yes. so when will the others now come on stream as soon as the validation is done, done okay they, they will be on board now i understand that different states have different menus what they serve the children so what is on yes. uh, the menu list of plateau state and why yes you know the menu itself has a process of development We have what is called the multi-sectoral team in the state and this comprises of representatives of relevant MDEs like Ministry of Health, Agric, Suburb and uh, Justice, Education and the rest of them. So this multi-sectoral team were trained on nourishment of the children and the importance of having a nourished meal for the children per day. So after the training the multi-sectoral team now developed a state menu based on 
what is available in plateau states. So if, for example, the southern zone will take yams, while the northern zone may take potatoes, but they all provide the same nutrient to the child. So the menu we developed for plateau state was developed from Monday to Friday, school days. Like on Monday, they take yam porridge or potato porridge with vegetables. And then on Tuesday, they have uh, achapa, a pudding, and then they have banana. So this is how the menu was developed. It's a collective uh, effort that produced the menu for the state. What and that's why every state may have peculiar menu based on availability of resources because there's no point traveling from one state to the other with uh, goods when we have other products that are available in our own state that can provide same nutritional value. Of course. What, what protein do they eat? They have achas protein. We have uh, green beans in the yam porridge. They put a little bit of crayfish in the in the yam porridge. We also have, uh, uh, like for example, when we give kwash pap, there's a tamba, we have millet, they provide nutritional so values in terms of... eggs in the menu? We have egg on Thursday with boiled potato. They have uh, egg, egg sauce with boiled potato on Thursdays. Yes. All right. Now, what is the level of your collaboration with NASCO to provide specially crafted, nutritious and safe meals for school children? Uh, yes, with NASCO, at the commencement of the program, we sat with NASCO. They brought a proposal right from the federal office. A proposal was uh, made and they brought samples of uh, specialized biscuits that will provide high nutritional value to the child. And they introduced it to us in, this, in the state. We looked at it and we've gone far in discussion. Where we had challenge was uh, in terms of payment before delivery. And the situation is that at the time, payment had not commenced because uh, federal government is transmitting the funds to the vendors. So another special arrangement needs to be made so that uh, money for the biscuits will be deducted from source to service provider and computed into the funds that the vendors are supposed to, to, to get. So that is the place where we, we stopped. But we've gone far and we've seen the biscuit. The multisectoral team have also seen it and we are very comfortable with it. We've gone through analysis of the biscuits. We've asked questions where we have concerns and NASCO has provided you know, satisfactory explanation to us. And we also uh, informed them that supposing they use sorghum and if our farmers can produce sorghum, will they now use what is available on the plateau so that we boost the economic activities of our own farmers to use it as their raw materials and they were quite com comfortable if the farmers can provide what they require since NASCO is uh, located in Plateau State. So discussion has gone far. We are very comfortable with that partnership. So it's only a matter of time before Yes, yes, it will be actualized, menu. yes. All right. Now, uh, before we go on break, we'd like you to introduce the listener to conditional cash transfer components. Tell us a little about it. Yes, the conditional cash transfer component is a component that targets the poor and vulnerable households in, in, in Plateau State, since we are talking of Plateau State now. And the method of selection, interestingly, is through a very, very transparent and participatory method of selection. First, all the local governments are ranked according to their poverty level. There's a World Bank ranking of countries, states, and local government. So based on that poverty ranking, selection is made. Presently, we have six local governments that are on board. 
and these six local governments are spread across the three senatorial zones. We have two in the northern zone, which is Basa and Jos East. We have Kainki and Bokos in Central. We have Wasi and Lantern North in the southern zone. All right. Yes. So we will continue our discussion on conditional cash transfer when we return. It's still the Nasco Moment Show. Mama Shakara, eh? this your shabby city shine on. <laughs> and how don't fit? How manage? Ah, my sister. Now, Brightex white detergent, oh. Brightex detergent, not the fade cloth at all at all. And if they wash clothes clean, well, well, it gets power to come out all the nyama nyama stain and dirty no matter how it be. You not go chop and soap? No, you know the chop and do. And it's good for washing machine too. Eh? Hmm. Mama Shakara, me too. Now, Brightex detergent, I go to use to wash all my clothes now so that I go to shine, shine and sing. Scent and make Shakara like you so. <laughs> Brightex White Detergent, a quality product from NASCO. For your brightest wash, Brightex. Brightex, for the brightest wash. Thank you for staying tuned to the NASCO Moment Show on radio. Our guest is Dr. Sumaya Hamza, focal person and executive assistant to the Governor of Plateau State on Social Investment Program. She has been enlightening us on the progress of the homegrown school feeding program and now conditional cash transfer. Now, you just told us uh, how you determine those uh, local governments that are benefiting uh, from the conditional yes. cash transfer. Now, um, what about the individuals who receive the 5,000 Naira monthly stipend of the federal government? What criteria did you use to select them? Yes, uh, before we get to that, the local government are selected based on poverty ranking. Then in each local government, there's what is called community-based targeting team. And this team comprises of community members, local government staff, and some of the state staff in the state operating coordinating unit. And these staff were trained on how to sensitize, mobilize, and engage communities. We have uh, the names of communities in Plateau State based on the gazette that Plateau State produced, House of Assembly produced, uh, endorsed. So these communities were selected and visited by the CBTT, community-based targeting team, and the community members were sensitized. They were educated on the importance of the program, and they were asked to define what poverty means to them. To some community, it's lack of food. To other community, it's lack of access to basic amenities, depending on their own priorities. So after definition, then they are asked to now identify households within their communities that fall within this definition. They identify the households. Then we have our enumerators that go and visit the household with a checklist, a questionnaire that has been uh, configured into a technology being used because it's not paper and pen capture, it's technology driven. So they go to the household, meet the household members. The members will be interviewed, the house will be assessed, whether they really fall within the definition of the poverty. And then the household will now identify who is the caregiver that is who represents the household. So the household identifies the caregiver. The caregiver is captured. And then they also identify an alternate to the caregiver. Should in case caregiver is not available, the alternate takes the place. And it's that caregiver that now receives the stipend on behalf of the household. Because the money is meant for the household, not for the individual. So that person, the recipient is just the caregiver or the alternate caregiver. And they are both captured, their photographs are taken and the data is now taken and sent straight to the national database. So it's not something you come back and write with pencil and you know. It's just there. And GPS records position of capture. 
So if you capture household A, then the location by the GPS should be different from household B. So that GPS now helps to large extent preventing double, you know, capturing one household. Now, a lot of people are concerned. 5,000 in Nigeria today is yes. very little money. What is expected for a household to do with 5,000? How far can it possibly go? Uh, who do you agree with me that uh, we both have relationship with villages and rural communities? When I say rural communities, I mean real rural communities. When you go to the village sometimes and you give somebody 200 naira, you see the way their life change. Some of them will buy kerosene of just 15 naira out of the 200. Just buy a little of this, little of that. Plug vegetables behind the backyard and quickly they make a meal. So to them, 200 naira transforms their life. To the rural community person, somebody who is really in poverty, 500 naira, 1,000 means a lot. 5,000 naira is just incredible. Because when that money was given to them, you could see the joy and the, you know, they, they never expected. Some of them said they have never handled 1,000 naira at once. And they were paid for two months, 10,000 naira. And it was just amazing. And they were so satisfied with that. Already some have been sharing our, their testimonies with us that they are intending to start a kind of local association, or we could introduce them to a bank where they can just be keeping a little bit so to them, it's a million. Already they are thinking of saving out of it. And already they have started enhancing the meal in the house. Because they said now, their children can go to school. And the children don't even want to miss the school. There's school feeding in the school. And then they are comfortable at home. So they are eager. They are anxious. Because the readiness for them to go to school is provided in the house. And then when they go to school, additional motivation is there, especially for primaries 1, 2, and 3. Because so to the village person, it's a lot. Mm, because I was wondering, with 5,000 naira now, how long is the program going to last? Can they actually save enough to maybe start a business so that it can they can sustain themselves after this program is over? Some have already started saving. And the intention is that they, it's not likely for them to just spend 5,000 naira at once. They will start selling vegetables, tomatoes, maggi cubes, and, and gradually taking a bit from it and maintaining the household needs. Taking children to hospital, buying pencils and exercise books, little, little things they will do to improve their well-being while they are multiplying, the money is multiplying because of investment they have done, done no matter how small. And we are also trying to introduce them to another component of the social investment program by making them to come in a group as a cooperative group so they can benefit from the interest-free loan of government enterprise empowerment program which is jeep through the bank of industry so it's a it's a kind of there's a connection between all the interventions and we are introducing these people to all the uh, uh components that are available to them what challenges have you faced in uh, the conditional cash transfer implementation and what is being done to surmount these problems Yes, the conditional cash transfer uh, intervention, especially when we go at the point of issuing the ID card, there were wrong capture of the caregiver. The caregiver was, was identified by the community through the state operating coordinating unit, which is SOCO. Then the ID card was now given by the state cash transfer unit, which is another component. 
we have in the communities what is called the grievance response mechanism in place. Then unfortunately, in some places, there was no uh, nobody on ground to really tell them that, yes, this person that you are capturing is the correct person. So in some instances, we had about uh, just a few number that were wrongly captured. But fortunately, after the first payment, they were identified. So corrections are being made. This, and then we had challenges of terrain. There were some communities that couldn't be reached because of their terrain. During the rainy season, it was just impossible for uh, our enumerators to get to them so that they would be captured. So those are basically the main challenges that we have, uh, that we experienced during the first exercise. But we are very sure that it's a learning process. It's the first of its kind. So we are developing strategies that will help us to overcome all these uh, challenges. Okay, I have a lot of questions, as yes. I'm sure people at home do. Uh, but we don't have much time to continue on this program today. So we'll have to wait until next week when we hope to have our guest back again. You have been listening to the Nasco Moments radio show with our guest, Dr. Samaya Hamza. Many thanks, madam, for being here. You're welcome. She is the focal person and executive assistant to the Governor of Plateau State on Social Investment Program. She's also a Ford International Fellow. Now, obviously, there's still a lot to do in the effort to minimize poverty. Why don't we all do or play our part? Here we end the show today. Remember, you can join NASCO on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash NASCO group. You can also follow the program on Twitter using the handle at NASCO group. We encourage you to freely send your feedback on any aspect of the NASCO Moments radio show to the email info at nasco.net or by text through the dedicated care line 0805-774-7777. Now to the NASCO Moments trivia question segment. The question for this week is, what is the name and constituency platform of the immediate past deputy speaker of the Federal House of Representatives. I'll take it again. What is the name and constituency platform of the immediate past deputy speaker of the Federal House of Representatives? Send the correct answer via text to 0805-774-7777 and include your name and location. The NASCO Moments radio talk show has been brought to you by NASCO and it was created by Unimark Limited, Marketing Communications Consultants. Executive Producers, NASCO Marketing Department. Producer, Harun Audu. Research and Content Development, Udun Gang and Harun Audu. Production Coordinators, Harun Audu and Solomon Audu. I am Hudun Gang. Join us again next week for the second part of this discussion. <laughs>